The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined with Jerry Karaya. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. And what a show we have for you today. We have guest Steve St. Angelo from the SRS Rocker Report. That's going to be an amazing interview coming up in just a few moments. And later on in the show, we're going to talk about misinformation, inflation, and that blistering hot CPI numbers that came out. We might get into a little crypto, and of course, we're going to talk about all things precious metals, gold and silver, and where things are headed and where we are in the market. But first, let's get to that interview. Independent researcher Steve St. Angelo of SRSRocco.com started to invest in precious metals in 2002. Later on in 2008, he began researching areas of the gold and silver market that, curiously, the majority of the precious metal analyst community have left unexplored. These areas include how energy and the falling EROI, energy return on investment, stand to impact the mining industry, precious metals, paper assets, and the overall economy. Steve considers studying the impacts of EROI one of the most important aspects of his energy research. For the past several years, he has written scholarly articles in some of the top precious metals and financial websites, and we are very pleased to have him back on the show. Let's get right into to precious metals. Because there was there was some sort of misreporting that was happening a couple months ago with regard to the World Gold Council and LBMA. They were overstating their holdings by about 3,300 tons. Can you tell our listeners about what that whole thing happened and what that was? Well, the LBMA is, uh, there's a lot of the silver that's held in on ETFs, a lot of it is held in London. Uh, Sprott's actually in Canada, as you know, but a lot of it's held in London. And most of the uh, SLV, which is actually headquartered in the U.S., is held in London uh, by uh, J.P. Morgan. And so what happened was uh, the, there was that short squeeze. We had a big increase in the ETFs uh, uh, during late January, early February. A lot of demand for the global ETFs. So J.P. Morgan added 110 million ounces of silver just in three days. So we saw a lot of ETFs adding silver. And what happened was in the next month in March, it seemed as if LBMA come up with a 3,300 overage. And they, they said it was a mistake and it, 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 they sh it should have been. And that's a 106 million ounce mistake. I mean, that's almost that's almost 10 percent mistake. That's a pretty big mistake. So it, I think that's that's the issue. But the bigger the bigger problem is um, back in 2019, the uh, LBMA's total inventories, only a third were for ETFs. Today, it's two thirds. See, that's the big problem now, because as more and more investors move into ETFs, we're talking retail stock traders, they move into the silver ETFs, they're going to have to get more silver. And we know already JP Morgan has said in their in their prospectus, and even the Aberdeen silver ETF changed their prospectus, that they may not be able to get the silver. So to me, that's the more important issue. So where, what's, I mean, where are they going to pull the silver out? Are they going to go back to more paper, do some naked shorting? What are the options? What do you think the options are for the LBMA? Well, you know, JP Morgan, and I've looked at several, several of these ETFs will, will actually publish their, their silver bar list. And we know 
that there's pro approximately uh, 1.1 billion, 1.1 ounces of silver. And they maybe get a little bit more. Now, if JP Morgan, they, they produce this silver bar list, now, all of a sudden, a lot of investors start moving into ETFs and even the iShares. I, I actually, I'm glad if, if investors move into the iShares because that's going to be very disruptive to the market, which is going to cost JP, uh, JP Morgan to scramble for silver. If you start seeing their, their silver bar list putting down a lot more bars, then actually can, they can actually access, that's going to be a red flag. So by publishing a public bar list, JP Morgan has set themselves up for a problem if they can't access the silver. And again, they have said that. So I think, I think the issue is that we're going to start seeing silver behave like palladium, not because of industrial demand. That's going to be a factor too, but more investment demand as, as these ETFs as well as physical investors try to access the physical silver. And I think we're going to see fireworks here in the next uh, several months or year. And it, if that event were to occur and we have those sort of shortages and the market is, is taking off, I know in, in the past you've talked about silver easily being valued at $100. Do you think it could be moving higher than that? Where would you see a fair value where people would say, okay, I've, I can start letting go of some silver at this point? You see, that's a tough question uh, because uh, we're, we're heading into uh, a paradigm for build, from building wealth, which we've been doing for centuries and centuries, to protecting it, and that's due to the energy. So to give you an, a, a number, that's tough because I think silver just gets stronger and stronger. We could see spikes. I mean, look at palladium, still in the 25, it's up five times than what it was. So for silver to be up five times, we're talking 100, 125, but I think it's gonna be even higher than that because there's just not that much silver. All the assets in the world, about 470 trillion. That's what it is. And that was a few years ago. They haven't updated the information. And, and global gold and silver investment is about 4 trillion. So if you just get more people moving into gold and silver, especially silver, you know, the price can be very, could be very crazy because we just, we've never been here before. And so I think that's the issue. Yes, we could see three digit silver. Let's, let's talk a little bit about energy return on investment because this is something that backs your core philosophy it's it's the basis of your research and it's for you it's incredibly important to where ultimately the prices of not just precious metals but all commodities are are headed can you tell us a little bit about why energy return on investment is so important i mean you just touched on it just prior well you see uh uh, energy return on investment is the simple equation that allows uh, single cell organisms, plants, animals, humans, small businesses, corporations, uh, countries, and empires to survive or perish, all, all of them. And so when you have a positive energy return on investment, and it can't just be a little bit, it has to be enough to sustain the whole system. When you don't have enough, that's when you start adding a lot of debt, which was what we're doing now, or if you're the ancient Roman Empire, you debase your currency, the silver denarius. And so this is, this is the falling energy return on investment of energy causing havoc in the financial system. And so when you see a lot of debt being added, that means 
the, the, this, the world is moving faster and faster just to stay from falling. And once, when the oil production really starts to decline, we hit this energy cliff, then it becomes impossible for central banks to uh, print money to, to offset this. And that's the falling energy return on investment. And the problem is the biggest assets that most people own are stocks, bonds, and real estate. Those are energy IOUs because you have to burn more energy next year to give those value or to keep those from losing value. You know, the uh, gold and silver, physical owned gold and silver are not energy IOUs. They are stores of this energy value. And so that's the biggest difference that most precious metal investors don't understand. That's the key reason actually to own the metals. Just want to take a quick break. Hope you're enjoying the interview. Please visit us at guildhallwealth.com for more information or contact us at one eight seven seven eight silver to get involved. So in terms of energy, I find people can really see it now because obviously oil prices are rising. Do you think that there's a trend where people are recognizing what you're talking about in this sense of just the connection of, of energy to everything and, and how it backs things and creating debts, et cetera? I think some people are, but when you look at the new high-tech financial guys talking about Bitcoin being the new future, uh, uh, this, this new exponential age, some of these guys are talking about, and we're going to, Elon Musk is going to send us up in, in space, and we're going to do all these wonderful, we're going to have flying cars, and we're going to be in cars that, have, that could drive themselves. You see, that takes a massive amount of energy, and look what's happening now. We're having shortages of, of uh, semiconductors. Everything's computers. Everything is semiconductors. And now what's interesting, the, the automobile dealers are starting, the automobile manufacturers are starting to cut certain technology in their cars, in their trucks, so they can produce them because they can't get the chips. So I think this is, this is the issue that we, we really don't understand. And unfortunately, a lot of people... I call it the energy tooth fairy. They just think this energy is going to continue to run all this high technology. And unfortunately, the more high tech you get, the more energy you need. So when energy becomes problematic, all of that gets into trouble. And I think we're going to get into trouble quickly, which is another reason why uh, cryptos, fiat currency, treasuries are going to be in very, very big trouble. Uh, but the precious metals are going to, going to be the go-to store of value in the future. So in other words, I'm, I'm just thinking about this, the fact that, you know, you have all of this digital, all of this technology, people seem to be, what you're saying is people are ignoring what this actually costs in the real world. I know, uh, you know, Elon Musk was saying, oh, we didn't accept crypto because uh, we didn't accept Bitcoin because, oh, it, the and the environment impact, et cetera, or I in other words, the cost to actually get all this off the ground. So you're saying that people are just ignoring the, the real world while they continue this delusion into, into technologies and whatnot, but obviously they have to coexist, right? So there's going to be, I mean, you talk about this in one of your articles about how much silver is going to be used up in, in electric cars and, and whatnot. So where's the balance there, in your opinion? Well, I think you see, I can tell you that uh, the energy data shows it and uh, Shell announced two months ago that they've hit peak oil and they've got about nine years worth of reserves left. And ExxonMobil, which is another large, uh, large oil company, they just wrote off a third of their oil. So when you start seeing the major oil companies 
make these statements and, and re, re produce this information, we're not talking about small companies. These are big, these are the majors. So that's how bad things are going to get with the next five or 10 years. And yes, I think everybody is focused. It's, it's, it's the just in time system, right? I call it, mm -hmm. we live in a Star Trek replicator uh, economy. You go on your computer, you order uh, something from Amazon, two days later, it's on your front door. That's like a Star Trek replicator, but there's a massive supply chain that makes that possible that people just don't even consider. And it takes a lot of energy to run that. And now we're starting to see problems everywhere, like the problem we're seeing that they hacked the gasoline pipeline. I mean, these are just more issues that are going to more monkey wrenches that are going to disrupt this very complex high tech global supply chain. And that's going to keep keep on going because, you know, if you're saying peak oils in nine years, obviously prices are going to rise. We'll be able to keep going with fossil fuels for another, let's say, another 10 years after that. Who knows? And then you'll have no choice but to move over to something new. And are we ready to really move that over? I know in the past you've talked about the fact that these green energies are great, but we're not quite there yet in terms of the structure and, and how it, everything it takes to make that run, like solar power, et cetera. Good question. Uh, I think the issue is my stance is green energy won't solve the energy problem. Actually, it makes it worse. And that, that's, a, that's a conversation on itself. But we're going to spend a lot of silver and, and metals trying to make that work. So that's going to happen. The issue is uh, even some uh, top forecasters, top um, consulting companies are saying that we're going to hit peak oil in, in a few years. We're, we're going to hit it in a few years. It's, it's, and actually, it's, it's not going to be 10, 20 years away. I think by five, 10 years, we're going to start going over, I call it the energy cliff. So it's time to kind of prepare now. Even higher oil, higher oil prices aren't going to work just like high coal prices didn't stop peak coal in Germany during World War II and in U the UK in World War I. They still peaked. Higher prices aren't going to work because that's the falling energy return on investment. Workers are not going to be able to afford higher oil prices. Not for long. Something's going to give. Take another quick commercial break when we can return more from Steve St. Angelo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. We are listening to an interview with Steve San Angelo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the number for Guildhall Wealth, one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Back to the interview. So in, in some ways, when we're talking about precious metals, specifically silver in this case, we kind of have two tracks here. You've got people looking to protect their wealth against, you know, obviously money printing and all of these factors, which have led back to energy, but also this changeover from fossil fuels to, to green energy down the road. You have sort of two tracks there. You've got one just protecting wealth and two, the commodity side of the real world of things, the real world of digital, et cetera, that is going to continue to push the market up higher no matter what anyway. So you kind of have two reasons to be involved in the market. Yes. 
Yes, I agree. That's exactly. Uh, and I'm going to put out a video. There's four, there's going to be four factors that are going to do this. But there's two ways to value silver. And what the, the way that's being valued now is a commodity. And that's the cost of production and supply and demand. The other, which there's only really two, is gold and silver are money. So they, they're valued differently than a commodity because a lot of it is saved and invested. So you have to value it differently and you value it based on the energy, which we're not doing that presently. We're still valuing gold and silver as commodities because there's a lot more investment demand. It pulls the price above its cost of production more. And that's going to get, you see, that's the thing, the key. It's gonna impact gold and silver both, but silver is going to be impacted more. Why? 50% of silver demand is industrial. It's less than 10% for gold. So because silver has been an industrial metal, it's, it, that's why a lot of analysts say, well, silver is just an industrial metal. It's not really going anywhere. No, it is. And that's because it's, we had 331 million ounces of silver ETF demand, the highest ever. That's what caused a lot of problems last year. So the thing is, we're going to have that demand pulling, the, the, the industrial demand pulling, as well as the investment demand. So it's going, the price of silver is going to go up much higher than what it costs to produce it. And the problem is in the future, even though the price will go up, we'll, br we'll bring on more mines. We may not have, we'll, we won't have the energy to produce that silver. And so people don't really understand that either. So that's, that's another factor to be long-term bullish in, in silver and gold. Wow, you know, just thinking about what you're just saying, I, I was thinking about Nixon, that, that people who own precious metals are going to be vilified in, in 10 years because they're going to be seen, they're going to be called the manipulators. Oh, you're holding all this silver and, and we can't produce all of, the, all of these things. We can't produce TVs and cell phones because of all these silver manipulators. Isn't, wouldn't that be an interesting irony to happen down the road? Steve, I want to just uh, quickly return to what we were discussing regarding the World Silver Survey and this idea of that there was a surplus of silver over the last few months or back in March. Can, can you get back to that and why it was so important? You know, Kitco did an interview with Philip Newman. He's the uh, uh, the chairman of the the Metals Focus, which is the leading consultancy that does the infra the analysis for the World Go World Gold Council and the and the Silver Institute. Now, what's interesting, they said there was an 80 million ounce surplus, and even the the interviewer was was scratching his head. He goes, "A surplus." Uh, and so a lot of people didn't understand with all this demand last year, how could there be a surplus? Well, what they do, the World Gold Council includes ETF demand in their, their supply demand equation, their, their surplus deficit. They, they add it in. The World Silver Survey does not. So according to their data, it was an 80 million ounce surplus. But if you add the 331 million ounces of ETF demand, it was, a, it was a quarter billion, 251 million uh, deficit. And then there was a deficit last year of 60 million due to ETF demand. So in just those two years, it was over 300 million ounce deficit. Now, the, the World Gold Council for the last two years had a 42 million ounce surplus. So again, there was actually a deficit last year. 
because of this huge increase in the silver ETFs, which caused a lot of problems for JP Morgan and the other ETFs. And I think if we get much more demand for the ETFs this year and, and going forward, we're going to start to see a lot of problems with these ETFs trying to get silver. Are they going to change the way they do these surveys? In other words, well, do, are, are they already adjusting on how they how they quantify these metrics? Well, according to Philip Newman, they they this is the way they do the gold and silver analysis. They he told me that the World Gold Council likes to put the ETF demand in total demand. And the the Silver Institute adds it after the after the fact. And so uh, I I think the issue is uh, they're trying to say that, let's say, bar and coin demand is from new supply. But gosh, we're getting a lot of recycling. It's like almost 200 million ounces. So if if it was so bad that JP Morgan said that we might not be able to access the silver, then that that's just a, a red flag to me that says that this should be included in, in the real annual so surplus deficit. So I don't know if they're going to change it. He, they told me, he told me they won't, but I think in time they're going to have to because the ETF demand is going to be so strong. It's go, it's going to impact the overall market. It's going to look like, um, you know, double speak where the, the silver wall street bets, people are going to say, let's get another surplus going because surpluses mean deficits. Yeah. And you know, there's, of course, there's, there's this above ground stock of gold and silver. We know that it's different than copper. Uh, there's no one really invests in copper. It's, it's for industry. But so they, they look at that as a moving figure. But the problem is there's just not enough silver as there used to be. And no one, nobody really considered having, I mean, it was a third of a billion ounces of silver ETF demand. You get another year like that. And I did the, I did the analysis, just physical and ETF demand was 70% of global mine supply. It's never been that high. And you can't have that many years like that, or you start looking, the situation in the silver market starts looking like Palladium. Wow. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Thank you, Steve. I, I think we got it there. I mean, that just got me thinking about like, even if it doesn't go, even if we don't have the same year that we had in 2020, there's still going to be an uptick in the metals market. I mean, we're still feeling it at our firm. And it's like, even if it went back down to 20, 30% of the 70% increase, you're still looking at a, a major problem in the market within a couple of years. I mean, that's if they, that's if we don't have another catastrophe or, or panic into the market. Right. So. Well, you know, I, I think things are changing what we've seen in lumber and what we're seeing in like copper and, and I actually think we're, we're heading for disinflation, deflation. I, mm. I really do. But I, I do wait till people start realizing a lot of these things that the reason why home prices are going up is because a lot of people aren't selling their first home. They're buying the second one and they're holding their first one because that price is going up. They want to get a better price. So yeah, we're, I, seeing, yeah. we're seeing these crazy real estate prices and real estate market. That's not sustainable. The lumber price being $1,600, that's not sustainable. So when that kind of crashes and the real estate market crashes, you get these people start waking up, moving into silver and gold e ETFs. I really, I, I, the, because the market is just going to get worse and worse in time. 
you know, and so I think we have no idea what kind of what kind of demand that's going to be. It, it, it really is because you people are getting into Bitcoin and, and ETH, Ethereum and all these things because the price is moving up. That's it. Yeah. What happens if silver starts moving up? But the reason to own it is even more important, like owning toilet paper during the pandemic. That 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 hasn't hit the mentality yet of the, of the young traders, the the middle class, or, or or you know, it's hit people our age. It seems like Jeremy, are you younger? Are you in your thirties? No, I'm in my mid forties. Okay, well, I'm I'm I'll, I'll turn sixty this year, so you're you're in the mid mid area there, but you're still quite young. But I I a lot of people in our age bracket don't get it, but wait till they start getting it. I, I you know I really think. I really think we're going to see a lot more ETF demand. And even though the Wall Street silver people are pushing against iShares, I welcome it. I look at it as a, a, a general hiring mercenaries. Yeah, the, the mercenaries don't give a crap about, the, but they're getting their money. Yeah. Well, you get these, you get these naive stock traders moving into the ETF. They're going to cause so much stress for JP Morgan. That, I welcome it. I welcome physical demand, all ETF demand, institutional demand, and industrial demand. And we're just beginning to see those four. Steve, I, I don't know if I should be excited or terrified right now. Just looking at your website, it looks like you've gone to a, a membership. And I'd love you to share this with the audience because there's some big, big benefits to how you've changed the structure of what you're presenting and, and your research, because this is all research-based, and you're really starting to present a lot of information. And, and also, even just talking to you, I mean, it sounds like you're even more jazzed about your own research than ever. It sounds like that's part because you have more time to do it. Is that right? Jeremy, yes. Thank you. And uh, I will say what you said before, uh, if if... If the silver investors are not like Nixon, is they're the manipulators and they hold the silver. Well, guess what? If worse come to worst and they decide to take people's silver, they're going to give you market value for them. At the worst comes to worst, they're going to give you market value. And the market value is probably going to be a lot higher. So that's, I just wanted to say that. But uh, yes, we went to a subscription service. We have still have free articles. We put a lot of time and effort into the silver and gold member uh, uh, articles, posts, and videos, because there's a lot of data that uh, I did this late Bronze Age collapse and how it's it's paralleling what's happening now with the with our modern high-tech global supply chain. And I see I see similarities. It took me a month to do the research and put that video together. So that's the kind of information we put out. We talk about the precious metals. We put out data that you really can't find anywhere else. So we have the silver gold members. And I believe if people really understand the energy, that they will not want to sell their metals unless they need to purchase something. You're not going to sell metal to get fiat profits. You'll sell your metal either for gold or silver for gold or gold for silver. You can do that for the ratio if you want to do that or for something that you really need in the future. You don't want to sell your metals because it's spiked and you're going to get uh, fiat profits. That's one thing I believe is very important for your listeners to understand. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much. Steve, how would people get in touch with you and, and learn more about uh, some of the research that you're providing? 
you could go to the srsrockreport.com website. And also we put out uh, one or two public videos at the uh, SRS Rock Report YouTube channel. And I really do appreciate being being here today. Another fantastic interview with Steve St. Angelo of srsrockreport.com. Thank you so much, Steve, for your time. You've been listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the website guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. This is Jeremy Wiseman joined by Jerry Karaya. That was one hell of an interview, wasn't it, Jerry? Such a fantastic interview. So exciting uh, with all of the data that Steve, uh, every, every single day coming out with uh, tremendous information that we need to really focus on a lot of the stuff that is often overlooked. Uh, just a great interview. You know, I, I didn't quite know whether or not to be excited or terrified by the things that he was talking about, just in terms of the effect of energy on the world. We're, we're at peak oil. It's going to be ending the, that people don't understand how much energy they're using when it takes. I mean, you can start to think about it. You know, I, I liked when he was talking about, um, you know, just logging on, deciding to buy something online and it just magically appears as though it just magically appears, not thinking about the logistics involved and the energy involved in that. And you start to wonder what, you know, the convenience, is it, is it the convenience worth the community? Right. And I wonder as well if in lieu of, of the pandemic or whatnot, if communities will start to get closer, if people will be more interested in saying, I'd like to buy something locally if I can and support the local shop or, or whatever, you know, whatever it is, whether it's local goods, um, things like that. What, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. It would be an, it'd be an amazing. It's an amazing thought and, and sure brings uh, you know a lot of hope that we can get to that point. But as we see with um, the way, I guess, the psychology around investors and traders today, even people who are buying properties, it's not like that. It's really about me and what can I do today and uh, how quickly can I flip and make a profit for fiat, not really thinking of uh, the long term or even medium term, Jeremy, but uh, it's really kind of focused on what, what can I grab now. Yeah, and when he was talking about real estate, um I'm not sure if that was on air or off air, actually. He was just talking about, you know, that people aren't selling their first homes. He was talking to us about, you know, that they're moving directly onto their investment property. Um, I think that a lot of the problem is that because housing prices have moved up so quickly, specifically in Canada, that people who own first homes can't can't move up. And so they're staying in their first home and trying to make make do with the first home and it's a it's not allowing the next person to come in mm -hmm. right and that's where the problem is yeah. is lying um we did put an article out on our newsletter last week for those who are subscribed from better dwelling uh not sure if you saw the the chart where it showed the how the incomes are not rising in canada as fast as the real estate that's a problem that that is a problem we we touched upon that point uh, last week when we discussed you know everything moving up into bubble territory sizzling and frothing over uh, we're seeing bubbles everywhere minus the we're not seeing a bubble in precious metals yet and neither we're seeing any uptick in wages so everything's moving up in price uh, but the 
you know the medium the mid the mid, middle class is getting squeezed with uh, with low wages and how can small business compete with government handouts giving people free money to stay home so it's uh, you know we have yet to see the the small business decide I'm going to uh, try to compete for my worker and raise my raise the wages and give them more more per hour uh, it's it's an incredible situation what we're seeing and and just again this idea of real estate being you know this asset inflation as being a source of prosperity is it's just a again misallocation of of investment funds or or malinvestment in a way where things are just not the valuations on things are just not right and where where money goes as a result and i think people i know people are really seeing it they're really talking about it uh, the conversations i'm having with people outside of work these days are, are are much different than they were several years ago people are seeing the inflation now they're seeing the effects of it and they're they're asking questions about it and how it works um i'm looking back and thinking about all of the analysts in the gold market do you remember when they were all talking about once quantitative easing hit, you heard the term t quantitative easing to infinity? Mm -hmm. It was like, they're not going to stop at one. They're not going to stop at two. It's going to be QE to infinity. We just didn't know what was going to what was going to be the cause of it. And right. now, now, you know, it yeah. was it was the pandemic. It was now we're going to get a chance to ignore every problem that we had prior to this. We're just going to wipe the board clean and blow this sucker up. Pedal that, to the metal. Pedal right. to the metal. And and you start to think and you go, yeah, hyperinflation hyper deflation, whatever it is, how are you going to protect your wealth? It, it is a scary thought that, you know, this idea Roadrunner just ran off the cliff and no one wants to look down and think, what is this going to look like in mm -hmm. a couple of years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no one's thinking about what this exactly will look like. What are the repercussions? But we know what the repercussions are. Um, it's going to be on the back of our future generations. No one's going there again. We're not thinking uh, beyond ourselves, unfortunately, but we have to uh, for this civilization at least. And, and that's why I thought it was so important what, what Steve mentioned earlier about this idea of the world moving towards protection of wealth as opposed to the growth on wealth. And that's something we hear every day. People say, look, I want to get into metals not because I'm looking to make a fortune. I want to put my money into metals because I want to protect what I've made. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very important, although I do believe that there's opportunity because both precious metals are undervalued. Let's keep going with this, Jerry. The phone number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. If you want to get involved in the physical precious metal market, whether it's acquiring some physical precious metals direct, maybe holding it directly in your registered account like an RSP or a TFSA, you give us a call, go to the website, we'll show you how it's all done. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. This is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined with Jerry Karaya, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, blistering hot CPI. W what does this all mean? So this Wednesday just passed. Um, the CPI data came out of the United States. The expectations was 3.6%, and this is regarding inflation uh, in the U.S., and we have to remember that the U.S. Treasury Secretary mentioned that the inflation is going to be transitory, that we have nothing to worry about. However, the CPI data that came out uh, came out at a blistering hot 4.2, sending shockwaves 
through the market. U.S. Treasuries were dumped. Yields spiked. Uh, the 10-year Treasury literally touched 1.7% all the way when it all the way from when it plummeted 1.47 last week after the poor employment uh, data. But what this is showing to us, transitory uh, myth. This is not transitory uh, at all. Uh, prices are moving up, and as a result, um, you know, uh, and the, the yield has started to spike. Uh, what's interesting, though, yes, the the one point, you know, the ten-year Treasury did spike, and normally, what happens is it's an algorithm that says to sell gold. This happened uh, last August when gold peaked um, at two thousand seventy-ish. Uh, the yield was around 0.5. and then. These yields start to spike back up, hitting 1.7, where we're pretty much at today. And where was gold back then? Gold hit in March of last year, uh, 1686. Well, guess what? Today, we're at 1.7. Gold is strong, above 1800. Gold is not budging. Gold is seeing right through this. Inflation is here, uh, but people are uh, are not believing the the data that's coming out. So in, in some ways, uh, on the one hand, you're saying higher lows, which is always good for a market. Mm -hmm. The other the other aspect might be just some of the geopolitical stuff that's going on. You know, whether it's pipelines being shut down, the the, the prospect of pipelines being shut down, um, geopolitical unrest. You know, the Middle East is it seems to be. Um, hot right now there yeah. it seems to be uh, a lot happening there and and you know we hope it can be resolved quickly and, and get back to a, a place of peace but but you know the fact is is it's it's no longer a peaceful place and it, that was very brief when, mm -hmm. when it was so maybe part of the geopolitical issues um again oil prices are moving up regardless so maybe that's also giving us a bit of a, a floor under the gold market as well what do you think yeah for sure especially when we see um the fed and even the talking heads in the media denying that inflation exists when we know that inflation uh, is really there to hide inflation, not including food, energy, and now housing, not including house prices, which went up 18%. Um, we saw, we were hearing Fed officials saying that this is transitory and, you know, denying. Actually, yesterday there was an article out of the Dow Jones Market Watch that we don't need to worry about the CPI report. It's uh, this is all about the base effects, and that uh, the market is just recovering from being flattened last year. So it's just a recovery, and you know, trying to dismiss that this is just um, this is just really a gimmick. This this base effect when uh they're they're saying well the market should really be fo not focusing on inflation but we should be focusing on tapering the balance sheet oh my gosh well, the market's <laughs> going to take a tantrum regardless you're going to have a taper tantrum and we're having an inflationary tantrum either way the stock market is as is going to have a tantrum and a hissy fit regardless if you try to taper or, or uh, face uh, inflation dead on i love that i love that which tantrum do you want the inflation tantrum or the taper tantrum, and that was the Dow Jones. And, and uh, we know watch. we know that they couldn't. You know, the Fed tried to to taper once before back in 2019 and failed miserably. W what's it going to look like now? Trying to trying to taper, and where are they going to taper to? I mean, they could barely taper when it was at, when their balance sheet was at four trillion. Now it's now it's uh, edging towards eight trillion. What are you going to taper to? 
No, you, can't. you think you're going to get back down to six? You think mm-hmm. you're going to get back down to five before something major happens? You know, we're starting to see just absolute craziness happen. And I feel like gold and silver just provide a little bit of stability in all of this craziness. I mean, I had a friend I, I had a friend just before we jumped on, I was having a quick call and he said, you know, we're, we're one SNL skit away from having 30% of your portfolio destroyed. <laughs> I mean, it can happen that quick. I mean, people are putting their money into memes. Yes. I mean, that's that just shows you how ridiculous it's gotten that how far away from value we've gotten. And I find people who are getting involved in precious metals today are 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 sharing that sentiment. Exactly. They're saying, where can I put my money where I can protect my wealth, where there's some sanity involved Mm -hmm. and where where there's actually something that I can pinpoint that's actually undervalued. And so I look at the the entrance point to precious metals right now and I say, wait a minute, it's undervalued relatively mm-hmm. I, I think so and uh you're you're looking at a low risk entry point into the market right you know the supply demand fundamentals are all set up in terms of strong demand the supply is limited i mean we we heard all about that with uh steve san angelo today so i think this is the perfect point why are you spending time trying to figure out if something that's overvalued is going to continue to move up when you could be looking at something that is undervalued and has a lot of room to grow and basically very, very little downside at this point. That's right. This is your wealth insurance. Now, precious metals are real money. Never before in our generation has that been more important. Yes, we want to have gains, and this is what precious metals will provide to you. We have tremendous topside potential, especially with the data coming out from SRS Rocco and others. Uh, everyone's seeing that topside potential, but it's really about safeguarding your wealth for future generations. If you want to learn more, contact us at one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. I want to thank everyone for listening this week, taking the time, and also Steve San Angelo for joining us on The Real Money Show. And you've been listening on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.